Welcome to The Platform. I'm your host, Chad Balthrop, and we're doing our devotionals together every Monday through Friday. Today we're in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and we're going to begin in verse 13 and read to the end of the chapter. So let's get right to it. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 to the end of the chapter. But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth, to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work and, excuse me, in every good word and work. That's Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. And uh, the past several days, we've been talking about the Antichrist, the son of perdition, the rapture, when those things might happen. And remember, we're taking a devotional look at this. So this is not intended to be a deep study of the passage. It's simply designed to recalibrate our hearts and minds around who God is. And, and as we come across a passage of Scripture that we find interesting or that we'd like to know more about or we'd like to dig into more deeply, we can mark that and come back to it. But for today, I think it's interesting for us to note, there's that passage or there's that phrase again. The first time we read that phrase in verse 13, but we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, is actually all the way back in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3, we are bound to thank God always for you. I just think it's interesting in the middle of these very challenging warnings that Paul is giving to the church at Thessalonica about who the Antichrist is and when the rapture will happen, when, when Christ will return, because they were very concerned about those things. And he was challenging them in their faith to say, you know what? Yes, he is coming back. And yes, the persecution you're facing is strong and it's difficult, but work while you wait, stay on target. And as you stay on target, continue to do those works which honor God. And right here in verse 13, he's just reminding them one more time, I am bound to give thanks to God always for you. Why am I bound to do that? Well, uh, my, my mom used to say, well, I'm bound and determined to do this. And, and I'm thinking to myself, that's another way he's saying this. I am bound and determined to give thanks to God always for you. I am bound. I am tied to you. My heart, you are in my heart. And I can't get you out. And in spite of all the trouble and all the tribulation and all the concerns and all the worries, I give thanks to God always for you. Why? Because you are beloved by the Lord. Because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. Isn't that interesting in relationship to what we talked about yesterday, this idea that the spirit that, that restrains the Antichrist from coming, that it would someday be removed, and that when that, when, when that mechanism, whatever it is that's restraining the Antichrist from coming, when that mechanism is removed, that, that's what's left is, is for God to give a strong delusion that people would simply believe the lies they've always wanted to believe in the first place. And, and here's what he's saying uh, to us today, that you, as a follower of Jesus Christ, Christ, you were chosen for salvation by what? Well, through sanctification. That is the daily process of becoming more and more like Christ, not by your own power, but by the Spirit and belief in the truth. 
by the work of the truth of the Holy Spirit in your life, working in you and through you, and sometimes even in spite of you, to cause you to become more and more like Christ each and every day. It doesn't mean we don't sin. It doesn't mean we don't fail. It means when we fail, our conscience our conscience reminds us that we need to repent, that when we fail, the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth and helps us to recognize that need for us to repent, to ask for forgiveness, and then to overcome temptation in the future. That sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth to which he called you by our gospel. What is the gospel? That Jesus Christ died on the cross and he rose from the dead and that's why we can be forgiven. But it's so much better than the simple forgiveness that comes by him saying, I've taken the sacrifice on my life for you. He didn't just forgive us. He fixed us by replacing our sin nature with his righteous nature so that, well, for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, we have we have in our hearts become like Jesus Christ, not because of our goodness, but because Christ has placed his goodness, his righteousness in us so that when we are seen by God today, it's not the sinfulness that God stands and sees. It's Christ's righteousness that he has given to us as a gift. And now we can walk in that. We can walk. That's that sanctification process of becoming daily a bit more like Christ each and every day. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle, because of these things, because Jesus Christ has done something miraculous in your life. When you face trouble or trials or tribulations, when the loneliness of isolation sets in, when the challenge of financial insecurity comes because the economy is terrible, when people make fun of you because you're a person of faith or when they belittle you because you, uh, you attend a church or you tell them about who Christ is, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, either by word or by epistle. And then here's the prayer that Paul prays for the Thessalonians. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. And that's my prayer for us all today. I think, I think maybe that's just where we'll end for today, that I'll just pray that prayer for you today. So, Father, based on the truth of your Spirit that has sealed our hearts and that has caused us to know the truth and to follow the truth because of your gospel and the glory that it brings, I pray that we would be sanctified by your truth today, that with each passing step, we would, we would draw closer to you. And just like Paul says, I am bound to give thanks for the people who are listening, for the people of my church, for the people of my community. I'm bound to give thanks to you for them and specifically what verse 16 says, I pray, Father, for each one of us, now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace, may he comfort our hearts and establish each and every one of us in good words and good works. Pray that you'd help us to do it today. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, thanks so much for listening. I hope you'll press subscribe so that you can catch future episodes and you can help us connect with other people by liking, commenting, and sharing this episode with someone else. And you can also catch other devotional episodes and some really interesting interviews over at Follower of One. It's available everywhere podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on The Platform.
We'll see you next time on the platform.